Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Hi, I'm attorney Mosley Collins, and welcome to Real Christianity. You know, before I graduated from law school, I graduated from Bible college. And so it's my privilege and pleasure to come into your house and into your car by radio and share with you the Word of God. Now, our text today is going to be the parable of the talents, and it's found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 29. But before I read it, let me say this. When Jesus began his ministry and began to teach and to preach, the Bible records that people were shocked and astonished by his teaching. Here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. And Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. And in that great sermon, Jesus taught many things that shocked and jolted his audience with the true reality of God's kingdom. To the world of his day that admired and praised money, pleasure, power, Jesus taught, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To a world that loved to be praised by men, Jesus taught, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. There are many examples of what Jesus taught and preached that shocked his audience and the religious people of his day. To a world that admired wealth and loved money, wealthy businessmen, wealthy religious leaders, to that world Jesus said this, you cannot serve God and money. He said, You are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts, for that which is highly valued among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Yes, truly, Jesus shocked the world in which he lived, the world to whom he preached 2,000 years ago. We see this and we think, yeah, he really shook them up. And we live our lives confident, self-assured, and with a smug satisfaction, knowing that Jesus really turned their world upside down. And they had it coming, those selfish, self-centered people who lived 2,000 years ago. And yet you and I live our lives. We live our lives, it seems, almost totally focused on this world. Working 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week on our careers in this world saving for a retirement in this world, dreaming and planning what new thing we might buy in this world. 
How smug we are, you and I. We think we have it all figured out. We're on a nice, easy Christian highway, a freeway to heaven, as we lay up treasures for ourselves on earth, as we spend most of our money on us, as we spend most of our time on us, our hobbies, our plans, our jobs, our dreams for success in this world. We think, yeah, those guys 2,000 years ago, oh man, what a bunch of losers. Jesus had to really reprimand them. Just imagine how shocked they were to hear his message. We think, I wish I could have seen the look on their faces when they realized their whole focus was wrong. Wow, they were shocked at what Jesus taught, all right. I would have never been that misdirected like those guys were. What a bunch of losers. I would never have been that stupid. Pharisees, Sadducees, I could have told them a thing or two myself if I'd have been there with Jesus. Oh well, so much for that. But the next moment we find ourselves thinking, I wonder what I can buy today. Clothes? I don't know, my closet is overflowing. Other stuff? Maybe. But I may have to rent one of those storage places because there's so much stuff in my garage I can hardly get my car in or shut the door. We think to ourselves, I heard they need volunteers for Sunday. I haven't got time for that. I'm working too hard. But I might call in sick on Friday so I can have some fun. I might skip my Bible reading and prayer. I just don't have time for those things every week. Besides, it's all going to be okay. I'm a Christian. God understands I'm busy. I'm too busy for that stuff. Is that what we're like? Is that what we think? Are we living as if Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth? I'm ashamed to say, sometimes my life looks that way. How about your life? I'm ashamed to say, sometimes my focus seems to be on this world. How about you? I'm ashamed to say that sometimes I use all the talents God gave me to build my kingdom and not his kingdom. But Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And suddenly, if we listen to what Jesus is saying, we are shocked and astonished, just like the people who first heard him preach 2,000 years ago in a faraway land. We are shocked and astonished because our focus is so often wrong. Our focus is so often on this world because our dreams and goals and hopes are so often focused on this world. But Jesus calls us to be focused on heaven, not on this world. Suddenly we see how misdirected we often are, just like those people 2,000 years ago. We, like they, are shocked and astonished because we so often take the talents and gifts God has given us and fail to use them to build and defend and spread his kingdom. We are shocked and astonished to remember this world is passing away and eternity is rushing to meet us. What counts is not how big our savings account is or how much prestige we have in this world, no. What counts is what we do for the kingdom of God. 
I'm not saying you can only use your gifts for God's kingdom. We need to earn a living. God knows that. We need to provide for our families. God knows that and blesses that. What I am saying is if we use our talents, our time, our money, only on ourselves, we are making a big mistake. Because God is calling us to use our talents not only to provide for our families, but also to build his kingdom. As we rush about in this present world, we sometimes overlook that second part. We sometimes overlook using our time and our money to build and restore and expand God's kingdom. And that brings us to today's passage from the 25th chapter of Matthew. Let me open my Bible and read it to you. And here's a parable that Jesus uh, taught. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed? So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. So let's notice something about this parable. First, Jesus is the man going on a journey. His going away was his death and resurrection and his ascension into heaven. The return of the master is when Jesus Christ returns. The talents or money he mentioned in the parable stand for various gifts and abilities Christ has given us, which we can use to benefit and build his work on earth while he is gone and until he returns. This parable is not about earning money or building personal wealth. It's about building and expanding and defending the kingdom of God until Jesus returns. Notice the two good and faithful servants. They took the abilities and talents God gave them and made more. 
And Jesus said to each of them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over, put you in charge of, make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here is what we learn. First, the abilities and gifts that we have in this world are gifts from God. Secondly, the abilities and gifts we have in this world are little compared to what Jesus wants to do by us and through us after his second coming. If we will be faithful now in this present world over the little things, he will give us big things, the true wretches in heaven. Thirdly, as a reward for being faithful in this world, Jesus will bring us into his joy in heaven. But here's the question. We've all been given gifts by God. For example, you may have a gift for teaching or a gift for helping others. The question is, are we using our gifts for the kingdom of God and to help others? If you have a gift and you use it only on yourself, then that's like burying that gift in the ground. Instead, you should be using that gift to help God and to build his kingdom. How do we use our time? Is it all spent on us, on the things of this world? How do we spend our money? Do we give a few dollars away on Sunday and think we've done something great? What is a better investment, do you think? Putting a few hundred dollars in a pension plan or giving $25 to save a poor child in Africa? Which do you think Jesus would say is the better investment of our time? At the beginning of this message, I said people living 2,000 years ago were shocked. If we listen to what Jesus is saying, today we'll be shocked and astonished by what he calls us to do in this world with our talents. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. I will tell you the truth. It is so easy for me to get focused on the things of this world, job, money, possessions, and lose sight of the day Jesus returns and eternity begins. How about you? In his great kindness, Jesus warns us in the parable of the talents not to be that way. In his great kindness, he tells us, I have given you gifts and abilities and talents. I will return and I will see if you have used those things to build not your kingdom, but my kingdom. It is critically important 
that we live our lives and use our God-given gifts and abilities and talents in such a way that we are not ashamed when Jesus returns. And he will return, just as he said. Someone may ask, what should I do then? Well, I have some suggestions, and I'm sure you can think of others. Here are some ways we can use our time, our energy, our money to build his kingdom. We can tell our children and grandchildren about Jesus. We can pray with them when they leave for school, when they return home, when they go to bed, when they sit down to a meal. We can teach them the Bible in our homes. We can stop swearing and cursing and sleeping around. We can stop doing anything that hurts our witness for Christ. We can adopt a poor child in Africa through an organization like World Vision, or we can adopt 10 such children. We can actually adopt an abandoned child and raise him or her in our home. We can teach Sunday school or volunteer in the church's nursery. We can help an unmarried pregnant girl save her unborn baby. We can lead a small group Bible study or host a small group in our home or volunteer to provide the refreshments or drive someone to church who otherwise can't get there. We can invite people to church or listen to a Christian radio ministry. We can give our money to support a church or a ministry. We can give money to organizations who distribute Bibles or who send out missionaries. We can feed the poor and help the sick. We can donate our clothes and other things to charity. We can give coats and blankets and shoes to the poor. We can volunteer at a soup kitchen and bring our kids to volunteer as well. We can seek to give rather than receive. We can share our faith at work or at school. If we are carpenters or plumbers or electricians or roofers, we can volunteer to repair the church or volunteer to build houses for the poor in Mexico or some other place. We can help run the church or just clean it or greet people at the door. We can write letters of encouragement and faith to prisoners or soldiers stationed in a foreign land and send them a Bible. We can mentor a boy who has no father. We can do all these things. We can write and play Christian music. We can join the worship team. We can pray for those who teach the Bible or who pastor a church. Someone may say, what about me? I go to church on Sundays. To that I say, going to church is good, but just sitting there week after week listening to someone else is not enough. I'm calling on you to do more than that. The devil could care less if you go to church as long as you don't try and change your world for Christ, as long as you don't try to actually do something. The devil doesn't care if you go to church if all you are is a listener only and not a doer. I'm calling you today to be a doer, to take the five talents or the two talents God gave you and make more. I'm calling on you today to come and change your world, to make a difference, to leave a mark on this lost world for Christ, to leave a mark so that future generations will say, a lover of Jesus once walked this way. The opportunities to build his kingdom are open and exciting and endless. But the important thing is, every week, every month, we spend some of our money and some of our time to build God's kingdom. It's often harder to give our time than our money, but both are necessary. I would be embarrassed and horrified to stand before Jesus on that day and hear him say, you spent all your time 
and all your money on yourself. I could never let him say that to me. I won't let that happen. And I declare this over you and me. We will use our time, our talents, our money to build God's kingdom, his eternal kingdom, yes. Do you see the blessing in using our time and money to build his kingdom? Do you see the reward in this, the wisdom in this? Do you have ears to hear this? Do you have eyes to see it? As always, Jesus challenges our conventional thinking. He turns our world upside down. Now, when should we start? In the parable of the talents, the wise servant began at once to use the gifts he had received to build his master's kingdom, to make more. So when should you and I begin? A year from now? 10 years from now? No. We should begin at once. We should make a dedication at once to build his kingdom. Will you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, cause me to use my time, my money, my talents to build your kingdom. In your name I pray, amen. You know, some people work and save and scrimp to build and put money into a retirement plan that will last at best only 10 or 20 or 30 years. There's nothing wrong with a brief retirement plan, but you and I are gonna live forever. So what do you think is the better investment? Laying up treasures on earth or laying up treasures in eternity? In your life, 10,000 years from now, which investment is likely to be better? We must use our time our talents to help build his kingdom. I want Jesus to say these words to me and to you on that great morning when we stand before him. I wanna hear him say, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over the little I gave you to do, so now I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, 
The Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.